This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, today we're going to speak about a topic that many find bothersome, and that is the machlokas that seems to be so endemic, I guess, and pervasive in Kali Yisrael. Somehow we wish all the Rabbanim would get up together and everybody would say the same thing, speak in the same voice. There would be no machlokas. Um, we talk about achtos a lot. And somewhere along the line, achtos tends to be confused with um, achidus, um, unity and uniformity are not the same thing. And this is going to be the topic of our talk today in a way that we can understand what is the appropriate wave of Machlokas, why we need Machlokas, and Machlokas is vital to Kali Yisrael actually, and what we don't need in the way of Machlokas, and so on. So let's start with um, pointing out something that is rarely noticed in learning Chumash. When we're speaking about the um, Avos and the Bracha to the Avos, that they will become a great nation. So let's take a look at the Apostle in Chavches, it says when Yitzchak, when Yaakov left Yitzchak, Yitzchak realized that he will now become the, um, the 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 continuity of the others. And he told him, go to shall bestow his bracha upon you. He shall make you increase and become uh, many. And you should become a community of nations. Kahal Amim. What exactly is that? I mean, he said that they should become a big nation. That's great. But you should become a, multi- uh, a, a, a nation that multiplies and has many offspring. That's great. What's Kahal Amim? So, Uncleus translates it, Kinshas Shvatin, a gathering of tribes. Um, that's one. A second Pasik like this is in um, Vayishlach, where we have, uh, again, um, the Yaakov wrestling with the Malach, preparing the Malach, and Vayomolo Lekim, Akashbaru tells Mani Kel Shakai. Same name of Kelshakai, pray or ve, multiply, goi ukehal goim yemeka. You will have a nation and a gathering of nations. Kehal um, goim, same thing as kehalamim. In this sense, it's a it's a conglomeration um, of Rashi says again. The Targum says vechin shashvatin, a gathering of tribes. And Rashi explains goy, u kahal goyim, means goy is binyamin, 
and Kahal Goyim is Ephraim Menasheh. So at this point, they were still ready to introduce more Shvatim Kaisro. Um, the Briskorov says that this teaches us that the Shevet is not just a historical record. You know, Yaakov had 12 children, each child we look as a tribe, but it's maybe decorative or just historical, but doesn't really have any significance. He says that halachically, um, this stands as the Tzorcha Yisrael. I want to um, show some more places where you see that Shavuotim is really the way Kaisal is built. Um, you have a halacha that Shavuotim v'shaitrim we must make shoftim in and but uh, in in every community. So Rashi says we have an obligation to um, make but on three levels. We have a national bezdin, which is an hedrin, a godel, plus the chaf gimel, that's it, and the lishkas, and so on. We have, in every city, in every shah, we have a bezdin, and that makes a lot of sense, because you can't possibly run for every shailah to the bezdin a godel, if you have a local bezdin that you go to, and that's the, the, b'chol um, sharecha, but it also says, lishvatecha, Rashi says, every shevet needs a bezdin, well, why? If you're um, for local needs, you have the bezin there. For shiles that can be answered, you at some point would anyway probably have to go all the way up to the bezin gadol. Why every tribe? You could have it in every area. It seems as if every tribe is has a a, a um, its own. Um, let's put it this way: it's a nation unto itself, and as a nation, it needs a bezin. Um, you have. A, um, um, a Gemara that says in Basra, this is in Gemara Basra of Tesvav, it says, Gemiralon de Kola Shevet. We are, we, we, we have a Masaurus that no Shevet is ever um, exti- uh, extinct. We know that um, every person, Yisrael, Chas Shalom, there's no Aftach on any individual, there's Aftach on Chas as a whole. But there's also a haftocha on each and every person and each and every shevet in Kalah that they will remain forever. Why? I mean, why do we need shvatim at all? Why is it, why is it uh, important to have that? It's an artificial subdivision. Um, we were one nation, we were one people. We could have, I could understand, we could have areas where we live, counties, uh, cities, and so on. Those are simple geographical areas. But why do we need to retain Shvatim, Shvatim, Shvatim? I mean, most of the problems in Kalashal came because of the Shvatim. Shvatim and Yosef were at loggerheads, the Bnei HaShvachos and the Bnei Mohos. The, um, uh, you had Yisrael and Yehuda split apart. You had different Pelegesh Begiva, Shevet Binyamin. You had tons of issues in the rivalry between Shvatim. But why introduce Shvatim? We, we, we can understand that, you know, it started as Shvatim because simply that's the way they were, they were families. But with time, we should have not split up by Shvatim, we should have split up by individuals and erased all traits of a Shevet. That's um, the point we want to try to address.
there's a medrash. The medrash says that um, it's it's a medrash mamid baraba that is um, that when Kalal Yisrael came to the midbar, it says they when at, at they were divided into the golem. The golem means groupings, and it says why did they want it. So it says Kaisel is called Ayuma Kanid Golos. Kaisel is arraigned in, in, in the in the in the formation. The word Degel is interpreted today to mean the word Degel is used in modern Hebrew to mean a flag. Really, it's a formation. It's it's groupings. So it says that when they saw the Malachim and Harsina come down, they saw them come down in formation. The twenty-two thousand Malachim Hakadosh came down in formation. They were very jealous of that. And they also wanted that. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them that I will make you the same Degolim. I will put you around the Teva in formation. And you will have each group, will each Shevet will have its place around the the um, center of the of the Machne, which basically boils down to the Aram. And that's where we get the Degolim in, in, the, in the Midbar. What is it? What were they so jealous of Malachim? They saw the Malachim, and the Malachim were all around, uh, all around the Sinai, Akash Baruch But they were taken by the fact that the Malachim flew in formation. They want to be like the formation, and and that's what they're trying to be. Um, how does that? Uh, I mean, other than something kind of very superficial and ceremonial, what is there about the formation that we're talking about? So let's understand the um, the point of the twelve shvatim, the formations, and so on. Where does the number twelve come from? In other words, what's the significance of the number twelve other than shvatim? So the morale in many many places says that twelve is something called gvuli alachson, which means they are the rudimentary lines that map out a solid. Imagine a cube or an elongated uh, a, a, a cube uh, a square or anything like that. If you to count how many lines are used to form it, you'll get 12. Four on top, four vertical lines, and four on the bottom again. So that's the that's where the number twelve comes from. That's what the number twelve is. Um, in other words, a whole complete solid is made up of twelve lines that each one stands in a different designated spot, that in a different coordinate than the other one, and together they map out a solid. Um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's emiss is one and HaKadosh Baruch Hu projected his emiss into the world the world does not is not able to um, t- to see a one unifying emiss without any um, bits and pieces to it we, we don't get it that's not something that's belo- that we have in this world this world consists of bits and pieces for us, 
to have one whole salad, we need 12 lines in different positions, and sometimes in opposite positions, and sometimes in, in, in totally opposite positions. One could be a vertical line, one could be a horizontal line, one could be north-south, one could be west-east, um, one could be on, on this side, and one could be on the other side. And you need them to click in a way that they create a hole. If you if you assemble a cube with twelve pieces like that, when the twelve pieces snap into place, it's one cube. You don't even notice the pieces. But if anyone is misaligned, you don't have anything really. You have a lot of little pieces. The word echad consists of one, and then eight and four, which equal twelve. The one is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Maral mentions this also. The Ches and the Dalid consist of 12, meaning that when Echad is spelled out in letters, you get 12 plus 1. For, so Echad in itself, when we go to the essence of the word, what it is, we, we're talking about one, when we're talking about how is this one of Echad formed, it's when you take a Ches and a Dalit, you take 8 and 4, Plus you add <coughs> one, which is sort of the, the center point at which everything um, arranges itself and comes together. So we have HaKadosh Baruch whose unity and oneness expressed in this world, not as an exact reflection, but rather coming together as disparate pieces, or better said, 12 disparate pieces, clicking together in a way that they function together as one. The, this world, because it's, it, it's a created world, it has many pieces. Fire and water for us are two separate units. They have nothing in common, despite the fact that they both come from one God. Fire and water together... Um, obey certain rules, and yes, they, they can, the temperature could even out, and this, this, could, this can boil off, this can become a gas, and so on, but at the end of the day, they exist as separate entities. Um, the, 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 the world be, is a place of different and differing angles, and that's the reality of the world. When you come to create the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it can never happen by flattening out the differences. So just like when HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to this world with his angels, the, even though the angels are perfect servants of God, and each one, the only thing that they have, the only agenda they have is to do the Ratzon Hashem, it only works by giving each one a different task. So um, Michael might be an angel of mercy. Gavriel might be the angel that urges accountability. Uh, one could be the prosecutor. One could be the defendant, defense attorney. Um, you have each malach. We we know he does not do two shlichas. So even though malach is as a perfect being as you can get, the fact that it's not God tells me that it will be limited to one facet of creation. They express God's unity 
by working together. So when, when Israel saw the angels come down, and 22,000 angels is also, it's a, it's, it's a number that has in itself an expression of multiplicity because 22 are the letters of the Aleph base, which gives the entire variety of expression of God's will. You know, it's every word possible times a thousand, which is a multiplicity. That's the biggest number, really, in a sense. So 22,000 angels coming down, if they were to stampede down, and they were to come down as just a lot of many, many angels, we would not be seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, um, unity. We would be seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu as someone could create many, but w- 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 what we have in this world would be just bedlam. It would be like um, standing up at, at you know, at, at Times Square or at um, Grand Central Station and proclaiming all the people here together represent the unity of America. They, they, they absolutely do not. They, each one is his own world, his own nationality usually, and his own uh, person, and that's that. The, the angels, however, formed, uh, they, they marched in formation, they appeared in formation, meaning each one found his spot in 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 around Akarish Baruch's throne showing that they all click into a spot when so that together they they become the one of Akarish Baruch. Hu. They arraign themselves, each one in its place, and thereby went from being a multitude to being a a a um, one unity. The unity was not homogenization. Each and every one of them stood in different place, and each and every one of them, some of them were opposite each other, but they all were in the place they were needed to, so to speak, support the Kisei covenant. That was what Kaiser witnessed with the angels. Um, Klal Yisrael is not one homogenous uh, mob of people. Klal Yisrael consists of 12 Shvatim, and each Shevet has its own um, personality. It has its own mentality, it has its own strengths, it has its own weaknesses. And each Shevet is not meant to erase its, its own uh, uh, personality, it's meant to understand how to fit it together with the rest. Um, the Gemara says that even in the tribe of Levi, and not forget about the priests, but amongst the Levites themselves, you had some Levites were designated the job of schlepping stuff and opening up the gates, and some Levites were designated the job of singing. And the Gemara says that if one of them tried to exchange his place with the other one, um, he'd be. It's possible. Um, one one sheet holds that he would be liable for death penalty. Certainly, it certainly is wrong to do. Whether you get death penalty or not is a, is a question, but it certainly is wrong to do. Even though I mean, you're talking about two Levites, and they're both doing holy work in the base of Migdash, but designated work is very important, and each one has a certain designation. And straying from that designation means I'm, I'm upsetting the entire um, structure 
of of that unity. So so Kalal Yisrael is built on tribes. Each and every tribe has a certain inborn characteristic, many of which are at to each other. Chazal say that they could recognize people by um, through their personality, which tribe they came from. So somebody was very argumentative and always wanting to litigate, and he would be shipped off to Shevet. So he was not shipped off, sorry, he was known to come from Dun. Somebody else wanted to live on the shore. He was taken to be from Zvulun and so on. And we know Kahanim Akapdanim, different character traits that are part and parcel of of the specific genetic makeup of that of that nation, of that tribe. So having the tribes are the tribes are the essential building blocks of Kaisro. Not individuals, but the individuals of Mishpachas. Mishpachas are part of tribes. The twelve tribes together form Kaisro. By definition that means that each and every tribe is different than the other. And if you're different than the other, then you you many times uh, it, it don't see eye to eye. If somebody's personality is a stickler for truth and, and, and um, precision and so on, that type of person tends to get upset, not infrequently, and, and be very upset. Another person is kind of patient and tolerant, and, and, and it's his personality to be a lot more patient and, and be able to accommodate people, even that are annoying or, or difficult. Both of these are needed for Kalyusrov. Both of these have a place. And each and every one must continue to voice his point and and it's only when you bring together all the points that that you have the emis and sometimes this voice wins sometimes the other voice wins but you gain by having the different voices um let's take an example it, it, there are voices that say the the founding of the state of israel was done by people that were apicarsim they were people who didn't believe they were trying to uproot judaism and replace the religion with a, um, uh, a, a sort of nationalism and so on and that's a very powerful voice and many people find it a, a very very um, discomforting voice a very angry voice there's a voice that says you have to be blind not to see God's miracles and it, three years after the Holocaust there's a founding of the state of Israel the state of Israel has succeeded in ways that no one could have ever believed it's the first time in 2,000 years, basically, that we have a state, and maybe even more. Um, we were able to build much good, much Torah came out, and many Jews retained the Judaism because they have some sort of allegiance to the states, come to Israel, and so on and so forth. And many people find that voice very discomforting. Um, we would be much worse off if we would quiet one of those two voices rather than we keep listening and then make a decision where we belong. I, I want to give an example from the Gemara about how we go about listening to very opposing voices and yet understanding how to work together. 
um, the Gemara Yavamis says that Hill and Shammai, who were antagonistic um, schools of, uh, of of rabbinic psak of halacha, and there was there were two arguments that particularly were relevant to day-to-day life. One of them was about a certain type of marriage situation, a little bit complex, we don't have to go into it, but um, Tzara Sabas, where according to base Shammai, um, he, they were doing, um, a woman engaged in that type of marriage was doing a big mitzvah, and according to base Hillel, um, they were actually doing a terrible sin. It meant that a child born from that marriage, according to Beis Hillel, could not be married to Beis Hillel. Second, there was there was an argument about the kashras. Well, it's actually tumatar of certain dishes, which basically meant that one could not eat by the other. So that creates a terrible situation. Um, if you can't eat by each other and you can't get married to each other. Basically, you become two nations. So, how does that work? Do we tell everyone for the sake of Jewish unity to shut up? Then the truth will be quashed. Do we tell everybody to keep, you know, be be very strong about their point, and then you basically you 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 the, the Jewish nation falls apart. Um, the people from here don't marry people from there. People from there don't eat with people from here. So basically, you fall apart because you're two nations. So, what did you do? So the Gemara says. The Mishnah says, even though Shammai and Hillel had a very, very strong argument about this, they did not cease to marry each other, or to um, to marry each other, or to um, eat by each other. So, what did they do? It says they would tell each other that this girl is not for you. And this food is not for you. Please, we'd love to do a shidduch with you, but our oldest daughter is not good according to your psak. Our second daughter, who fits your psak as well, we'd love to be mechatonim. This food, we can't invite you to eat. Please come and eat the other food with us. And and the, and the Gemara says, To... to, to um, this is a fulfillment of that which it says they loved peace and truth. They didn't deny one over the other. So this is not a shavit exactly, but it's, it's close to what we have a shavit. We had two different schools of, of religious practice where each voice was very important, each voice was valid because each one had big tamir chachamim and, and very, very, um, it took, took um, their position very seriously. And they held strong by the guns, and yet were able to work together. That was um, Shaman Hillel, extraordinary. The um, th- th- if I can take a picture of what does it look like, Kaisrul, when they are at loggerheads with each other, and yet because they have this commonality of purpose that it becomes one, let's finish off with a medrash. It says by um, Yaakov Avinu that when he was trying to tell them, as he lay on his deathbed, and he was trying to tell his children, 
the Shechina um, disappeared from him and he lost that prophecy because he was not supposed to tell him about the end of days and so on. But he thought that the reason why the Shechina had left him was because maybe his children who surrounded him were not, um, they, they weren't fully righteous. So his children were were um, surrounding his bed. And he looked at them and he said, maybe somebody here is, is not good. Maybe somebody here doesn't have that belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And he's not a righteous person. So they all in unison answered him, Shema Yisrael. They were dressing him as Yisrael, Yisrael Sava. In other words, Yaakov Vino was called Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, the God that you have that's one, is our God. Our God is your God. To which he, he was overcome with happiness. And he answered back and said, Baruch Shem Kvod Machuz is the affirmation from all the different corners when they're focused on one point that Hashem is one. So Levi looked at Zvulun and said, we may be different, but we both of us are pointing our fingers at the same God and drawing our marching orders and strength and sense of right and wrong from that God and vice versa. The, um, and every tribe like that, despite the fact that they were positioned at opposite ends, when they all affirmed together their sense of being echad, Yaakov said, which means great is the glory of God as it radiates outwards. And the fact that Zvulun in the Zvulun way shows it, Levi in the Levi way shows it, and Yehuda in the Yehuda way, and God in the God way, and Asher in the Asher way, and so on and so forth. So they focused on the point, on the one point, and he, Yaakov in the middle, understood that all the spokes radiating out from the middle, each one defines a certain point on that wheel of the 12 Shvatim. So, so the moment of 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 Kabbalah Solmachshayim Chayisrael is a Kabbalah Solmachshayim of twelve distinct units, and by distinct we mean they are not alike. No two shvatim are by any such measure alike. Each one's kefiber chasa sheberach aisam. Each one is its own bracha, its own person, its own mentality. And by and, and and by definition, that means that there will be many points that they will not see eye to eye, and maybe nothing they'll see eye to eye. But since all of them mean to do what's right, and the machlokas never goes past the establishment of by by argument and logic, trying to establish the validity of their position. The argument never goes further than that. It never becomes personal, never becomes all-inclusive. It's point by point by point by point. That creates a Claudius role. That's, that's the most remarkable of all unities. It is the unity of those that are distinct. It's not the unity of things that are uniform. Jello is jello and doesn't have, it does not have distinctions. It doesn't say much. When we take a complex puzzle 
or a complex um, machine that requires hundreds of thousands of pieces to be put together and only done as a work, each piece is different. Each piece is shaped differently and has a different purpose and so on. And yet when they act in tandem, you get one entity. It's hard to translate it to the world of Machlokas. Machlokas tends to take on a life of its own and um, people, you know, go way overboard and it becomes uh, many times lacking in that final unity. It's not not good. But assuming that we can leave that out, the machlokas that we have that we find so disconcerting is is the strength of Israel. That's that that certain rabbanim who was taking a situation seriously believe the pesach halach is one way, a certain rabbanim who take this situation seriously believe it's another way, and a certain rabbanim believe it's the third way. Um, that is all the shemayis If they're all serious and intent on finding the truth and giving it the utmost we will end up with 12 different perspectives but the 12 perspectives will be coming from different angles and together they form a much bigger, bigger picture it's it's when i'm able to include all the arguments back and forth i definitely have a much bigger picture and uh, and and able to put it together as one unit in in a way that is far deeper than the one unit of something homogenized. When it, the difference between, a, imagine if I were to color my wall one monolithic color, as opposed to different colors that together complement each other, and they and they give over a feeling of of of, of a, a sort of one wall by the fact that they so well complement each other. It's a much richer and deeper uh, painting. So we need to understand that Klayosol is built with building blocks that are distinct. There's the Ches and Dalet, there's the 12 elements, which are the 12 tribes of Klayosol, each one being different, and that means that many issues will not see eye to eye. That's a given. Um, This is not only an obstacle to, to unity, it actually contributes to real unity in the in the way that we want a shemechat. We do need very much to be careful that we recognize that. And every person needs to recognize if the other person's opinions come from a valid perspective. The other person is a big Tom Chacham, has has gone through the issue and come up with a different opinion of mine, then both opinions need to stay until the Beznagad comes. Then when we have it together, we have that picture of 12 different tribes standing around 12 different sides of, of, of Yagavina's bed. And together, since they're all focused on the central point, they say And Yaakov Avinu's pride is that he can answer both bed, that people that that he's recognizes that from Yaakov, who was one, through the Shvatimar 12, we have the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu radiating outwards into 12 distinct, different dis- um, uh, tribes, and yet taken as a whole together, it's a Kahal Amim and it's a Kahal Goyim.